Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello, I'm Scott Sajnik. And I'm Evan Novi williams and this is the Prime Coverage Sports Business Podcast, The Sportacast. Prime and coverage, I see what you did there. You didn't give it away, but people are wondering what I like it. First of all, thank you very much. I owe you a big thank you, Evan Novi williams mm. You're you know welcome. Why? I don't know what it is, but you're welcome. You know what it is. You left me new headphones. Oh, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> the, the most the dirty, expensive headphones you can buy. Yeah, the dirty little secret is I, I really enjoy using the uh, airline headphones. I, I mean, I have the ones, the big <laughs> ones over the ears. I have the cans, if you will. I've got it all. I find them, you know, they're all over the place because I just need it. it it's, so I leave them everywhere, and then I wind up using these. And my old Delta, oh, wait, I'm sorry, they were United. The old United, one broke, so I, was, I had to... I always waited for you to start talking to see if I could hear you in the, in the left ear, which is I prefer that I'd swap it really quickly. You came in with a new Delta set, so thank you very much. This podcast is so low-tech, uh, all you <laughs> listeners out there, that uh, Scott is using headphones he gets for free when he takes uh, flights. And, but by the way, knowing full well, I own the good ones. I own the nice ones. I don't like the over-the-ear, even though I thought that's what, you know— uh, is that what I should be using? I like these. They're light. It's they're airy. you want. Uh, exactly. They, they will sound better. You. They will last I longer. I feel uh, confident in both those things. Uh, the sound better but. means nothing to me. I just need to hear. Let's, for this purpose, I just need to hear you. I hear Agreed. you just fine. Great. Right. Th- so, thank you, Delta. Tell me about prime coverage. All right. So what we're talking about here is unbelievable story by Mr. Daniel Libet and yourself last week that uh, a lot of the star players on the University of Colorado football team, which, by the way, has gotten a fair amount of attention over the last several months due to Coach Prime Deion Sanders. Uh, Travis Hunter included, who played like 100-plus snaps in the opener, played both ways. Uh, and Shadur Sanders, the coach's son, which is a little little even more odd, uh, did not, I repeat, did not have insurance against sort of career-ending injury catastrophic injury, whereas if you are projected as a high draft pick in the NFL and cannot play, where you can cash out. doesn't happen often, but that's why insurance is insurance. But these players did not have it. Uh, And now they are scrambling (laughs) to actually get coverage. Great story. Go ahead. Tell me what you want. Yeah, this is a, this is a surprising one for a lot of people who who work in college sports and work in in insurance for for college sports. As as you said, it is very common for college athletes who are definitely going to be success or are going to have uh, strong early pro careers, going to be drafted fairly high. And there's it's like common, a panel who determines who can collect on this or who can put get these policies. And it's common for them to to have insurance that protects them from critical injury, from disability, um, and increasingly school. Schools are willing and able to pay that coverage. 
So for most of the college football stars right now that are likely going to be first-round draft picks out there, a, a lot of them have school-funded insurance per- policies that protect them if they get injured. And the premium is about what? Just just give, give people a, just a, a sort of a, a gauge as to what the premiums it, are in such a policy. It, it totally depends. But let's say most of these, most of these deals are a, a couple hundred thousand dollars premium, um, which is going to cover a couple million dollars probably of payout, something like that. Um, and from what we understand, Colorado has been interested in, and willing to pay for coverage for its athletes for a while now. Um, but it took it took the players, it took Deion Sanders, and it took the school longer than most people think it should have to get this coverage done. I would think the line of demarcation as to when you have the coverage, it's sort of like life insurance. You need to have it before you're dead. <laughs> that, that, that's right. <laughs> and so on this, you want the coverage before you get out there and take a single snap. Exactly. So Travis Hunter is a good example. He's the he's the the star of, of the Colorado football team. He was the number one overall recruit in his high school class two years ago. He is by some measures going to be a top ten NFL draft pick. That was Dion's uh, measure. He, he said it himself. Dion said number one overall. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah. Um, and, and, and so that's a player that should have insurance. And uh, when, when, when Colorado beat TCU in the first game of the regular season, none of them were insured. And everyone we talked to in the insurance world said if they weren't insured before then, both Travis Hunter and Shador, who is playing his way into being what some people think is a top 10 NFL draft pick, they should have been insured on the spot. From what we understand is that Dion had a broker in California, his guy essentially, someone who from folks we've talked to maybe not that experienced in the world of college athlete insurance that he was pushing his players to go with. Um, and the school had its own insurance broker. Uh, those guys, tra- both Travis Hunter and Shador, did not work with that insurance broker. They worked with Deion Sanders' guy. Uh, and, and somewhere lost in the shuffle, it took m- weeks for some of these players to get hurt. And and yeah. the, I mean, the, 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 the sad truth here, Scott, is in that time, Travis Hunter got hit on a late hit against Colorado State and, 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 and split his liver open. Um, a potentially career-threatening injury if it had been a little bit worse. Um, and if that had happened, if that injury had been bad enough that, that his future pro prospects uh, were, were diminished or even eliminated, uh, yeah, he would have been. He would have walked away without any of the critical injury insurance um, that players of his caliber should have at this point in the college football season. Now, even in bigger picture now, he may be able to get coverage. However, yeah. he may not be able to get coverage for that specific body part should something happen. It's almost like a pre-existing condition. Should something happen with the liver and he be unable to play, he may not be able to get coverage for that. So Shador Sanders got insurance right before the Oregon game when, when, when Colorado got blown out. Travis Hunter, as of last week, did not have it but was was about to get it from what we understand. It, it seems like he needs to be in playing shape before he can sign it. But you're right. Any insurance he gets now is almost definitely going to include a, a liver carve-out. And then separately, there's two other Colorado players, uh, wide receivers uh, Xavier Weaver and, and Jimmy Horn Jr., who went through the school route. They, they used the school consultant. They got their own deals last week as well. So I think once Travis Hunter is ready to play again, uh, the, all four of those players will have this insurance in place. Um, I, I, it just took a little bit longer than, than a lot of people think it should have. And to me, Scott, this is a perfect example of one of the things that, that, that when you go overnight from being one of the worst college programs in, in, in Power 5 
to being a program with all of the attention and the star caliber quality players that Dion brought to Colorado overnight. Uh, this is one of the things that that that, that needs to be uh, that, that maybe falls through the cracks or needs to be addressed quicker than maybe it was. But I think there's growing pains in a lot of ways with Colorado suddenly becoming kind of the center of the college football media vortex. Uh, and I'm glad these players have have coverage now, even if maybe it did take a little bit longer than it should have to get them there. All right. So I, I do want to highlight the fact that we, of course, did reach out to the players and we did reach out to sure. Dion and you know, nobody commented. But what was your sense of what people told you who around college football, around the insurance program? Like, there, there's more than just like they were surprised. Like, and I don't use this in a the word I'm about to use. I do not mean in a legal sense, and I don't need Mike McCann jumping <laughs> on me. Like, but was there some negligence here? And again, I don't mean it in a legal sense. Just like, what are you? Just common sense. What are you doing? You need the insurance before you play. I mean, I how the, can it be that the coach who played Major League Baseball, who played NFL football, who by by all sense seems to you know really care about the players and teach them the right way to go about things, and how can he not make sure that these star players? One is his son. His son. Yeah. His son. So you can't <laughs> yeah. even say like he, you know, if his son had it, nobody else had it. That would be damning. But his son was in the group. It didn't have insurance. I, I mean, I just don't get it. And what, what was the feedback here from people that you had talked to in terms of just the overall situation? I think the answer to the question is, is is yes. I think there. I think the feeling is that there is probably some negligence here. I, the thing I want to stress is that we don't know exactly where the negligence happened. This is at the end. This is a decision that the players make, and I don't know if this was 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 Travis Hunter and Shador Sanders dragging their feet. If this was the the, the push from from Dion to go to a specific broker, if that was something that that held things up, I don't know if it was the, the school itself and 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 communications with its own insurance broker. The we don't know exactly why it took this long. What we do know is that it took longer than it probably should have, and it maybe at some other programs it might have been different. The thing that I think is so I'm not going to say smoking gun, but the thing that 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 did alarm me a little bit is that there there are four athletes that were looking for insurance um, at Colorado, and two of them went with the insurance broker or the insurance advisor the that school. the Colorado had, and then the other two, the the two bigger names, Hunter and and Shador Sanders, uh, they ended up going with someone totally different, someone who we understand that Dion has has a relationship with or was encouraging them to go with, um, and that that took again for for those two players, one of whom got hurt in the uh, in, in in the weeks in the middle there, um, that that took up a little bit longer than than it should have. So so yes, I think the overarching theme here or, or the the truth is it took longer than it should have for, for, for some of uh, some NFL prospects at Colorado to get insured, but we don't know fully who is responsible or, or how exactly that delay happened. All right. Did you watch the NFL Toy Story broadcast? Oh, you, you, you know I did, Scott. I uh, got up expressly to watch it. I was very excited Well, that's about only it. because you're a Jaguars fan. I mean, did you see it Duval. because of that? Or, you know, would you have gotten up if, let's say, the Chiefs were playing the Jets, no matter who I, was I probably uh, in attendance? would have. I would say that my love of Toy Story eclipses my love of the Jaguars. Uh, whoa, to, whoa, to be, whoa. That's, whoa, whoa, totally that's breaking honest. news. Are you serious with that comment? Uh, yes. I, I think I maybe mentioned this on the 
the show last week. Um, I, I think Toy Story, the original, is the movie I've seen the most in my life, if you were to count hours spent watching a single film in, in, in my first 35 years. I would have what? guessed it was like something like Hunt for Red October or Shawshank Redemption, <laughs> you know, it's a, like a, a TNT movie that's on all the time. You're like, you stop and you watch it. But no, with you, it's Toy Story. No, yeah, Toy Story, I watched, uh, me and my friend Julie, I think, watched it every day or every week for like two years when we were growing up, when we were like six wow. and seven or something like that. Um, so, so Toy Story is, is, is very nostalgic for me. Um, you're right. I am a, I'm a Jaguars fan as well. So the, the overlap was great. Um, I did watch, I watched a little over a half of it, Scott. Um, it was, in my opinion, I, I thought it was very fun. It was very glitchy, but not in a way that really interfered with my enjoyment of it. But I'll go back to what I said uh, last week, I want to get your thoughts and I want to get your, your focus group of one thoughts also, but there you go. Th- this is the kind of thing that I enjoyed for two hours. I-, I don't think if it was available every Sunday, I would ever watch it again. Um, but I-, I thought it was clever. I thought it was enjoyable. Um, again, it was, it, it spoke into my heart from a nostalgia standpoint. Uh, I just wonder what the kind of what the long-term goal is, is here for Disney and for ESPN. All right, you don't have kids. So I'm going to tell you something that I think will help advance for the day you do. Just remember this. It's, it's great advice. It's good to know going in that getting them to hear you is really difficult. <laughs> I, I mean, just hear you, you know, like, hey, excuse me. Um, hey, uh, just I mean, I mean that literally getting them to get the eyes up and look at you is very difficult. Uh, these days and in my day it would have been because I was playing like Pong or Space Invaders on the Atari but the advent I mean they're on the phone with the Xbox with the everything so they're just inundated with stimulus as well as by the way talking to their friends so they're yelling into a headset while you're trying to get their attention so I just figure it's got to be something really freaking cool or important or different that can somehow make its way into the medulla oblongata so much to my surprise when I was sitting downstairs on, you know, on Sunday, focus group of one comes bounding down after sleeping way too late and said something about, hey, did you see the Toy Story broadcast? Uh, I uh, uninitiated. I didn't bring it up. He found it or it found him. I don't know, but we had a little discussion about it and which character he liked and all that. So for me, that is a tremendous success that they found a way to bore through it all and get into his brain, which means they got into his friend's brains because there's no way he didn't discuss it with his pals. So that's a successful thing. You're, you're trying to find ways. What do we hear all the time from teams and leagues? How do you reach the kids? And my focus group is 14. So again, right, at, right in that demo where you're trying to get people to be fans, to tune in, to watch a highlight, probably be soon to place a bet. I'm joking. Um, only half kidding. Um, but they found a way to get to him. And so I consider that a huge accomplishment and they're going to continue to do things like this and just see what sticks, if anything, but on, on this one, good for them. I think the, the, the actors strike, um, hurt this broadcast a bit. I, I, mm-hmm. I would imagine that in a different world, they maybe would have had some of the characters actually voiced by some of the people who, who, who did them in the movies. Um, and I think that would have added, I think, at least to my enjoyment. I think there was maybe a little bit left on the table because they, they weren't able to work with some of the actors. Um, everything in entertainment now, Scott, is, a, is, is one big IP orgy. And I think we're going to see a lot more of that 
coming forward. I, there's going to be a Marvel NFL game, I imagine, sure. because of the Disney connection. There's going to be a Star Wars one at some point soon as well. Um, they are going to continue to, within the Disney ecosystem, mash up all of the things that they have rights to. Um, because again, there's the, the 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 more that you can, the more different IP that you can pack into something. At least right now, seems to be uh, it seems to be a recipe for success. Uh, so there's going to be more of these uh, in, in in a lot of different ways. I do think they're smart, but economically, I don't actually fully think I understand them. There, there's there was no at least when I was watching, there wasn't much advertising, if at all, on the Star Wars on the Toy Story broadcast. Um, th- this is obviously expensive to put on both in, in the moment and in all of the preparation, especially if you're working with actors. I don't know what the, uh, what the licensing agreement was between the, the toy story side and the NFL and the ESPN side. Um, I don't know what the, what the role is that the NFL plays in, in maybe funding part of this broadcast. Um, but I, I am very curious about when it all nets out and you look at the, the amount of people that watched it, how the, how the money and the funding, works to maybe it's a lost leader again I, I i have a lot of questions but i'm curious to see as these things progress what the actual business argument is for doing them speaking of how things are progressing and we didn't discuss this but it pop, popped into my head right now because you and i came to the same conclusion or same place independently that we're we've now reached maximum taylor swift ability oh to, my gosh yeah, all right, we, we, it's, and that's okay i mean this is not an indictment it's not anything just it took, a, it for took a week scott for, for, for whatever reason and and by the way there are tens of millions who still want to see more and care and that's fine but you and i independently and i don't know what to pinpoint as to why because i was just watching it all of a sudden i'm just like all of a sudden it just hit me i'm like all right i'm not interested anymore i'm just not i don't care but let me ask you this would you be interested, because I think a whole lot of people would tune in, if we bumped the Manning cast one week, and if you were listening to Taylor, like, let, let's go with the Jets game, Taylor Swift, Ryan Reynolds, Blake Lively, uh, Brittany Mahomes, would you like to hear their conversations during the game? Give me a five-minute spell, you know, oh, you get your game, that's fine, and then, okay, we're going to go to the booth, and what, the suite, for five minutes, and listen into what they're talking about. Yes. I want to see that. Yeah, yeah I would say yes too. I mean, I would. I and think, also, by the way, and I then five more minutes. Would say yes. Yeah. Yeah, and then I say, by the way, five more minutes. I want to hear from Travis Kelsey's mom because she should have a guest every week next to her. You know, first she had she had uh, Taylor, then yeah. she had Jake from State Farm. <laughs> I mean, I guess it's a little corny. I, I I understand, but I would like to hear like give me two mothers watching the game. That would be fascinating. I think that'd be absolutely fascinating to hear them talking about, you know, are they like their son gets hit? Is it, is it oohs and ahs and oh my God, and, or fathers watching the game or husband and wife watching the game, seeing their kid play? I, I think that stuff would be fascinating. Anything that brings me closer behind the scenes, I think is where the, uh, coverage is headed. I, I think that the, yes, I would love to listen to that. I think all of those things would be way more boring than anybody thinks that they would be. Um, so, so I think, I think my curiosity there, um, is is again more for a one off than like what I want to watch Taylor Swift watch five, the NFL five every minutes week. A game. Five I minutes would, a game. Yeah. So 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 yes. I think the answer is my stepping back a bit. The I, I get that Taylor Swift is is great SEO, and I get that there's a lot of attention on on her relationship with Travis. Um, I think there is this massive media self fulfilling prophecy out here where 
people are just gushing over the Taylor Swift Kelsey relationship and all the, the the jersey sales and the tickets and then they're also looking at the eyeballs and the people reading their stories and then they're writing more about it because it looks like people care. I think there is just this huge hamster wheel of 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 celebrity uh, relationship gawking that I actually think is and and neither you nor I are are big reality show people or celebrity culture people i think this is pretty common for for that world i think if you're a a huge taylor swift fan the the obsession over her and travis is not that different than the obsession over her and the past five boyfriends or whatever it is um but i do think to see if you could name one there i was gonna uh, i I cannot i I, I, I can't but um uh harry styles is that one of them I think I think I think it is. Yeah. E- either way, I think that in some ways, I think some sports fans and and, and maybe you and I as as, as journalists who, who write about the business of sports are getting just a, a tiny glimpse into the way that the 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 pop star celebrity reality TV show celebrity uh, fans operate, and and I think it's mortifying for us. But yeah, I think on on, on the business side, that the area that you and I care about, I think there's just a lot of people eating the garbage about what actually the the impact has been what it means for more people buying his jersey what it means for a slight uptick in ticket sales for for the Jets game last night um I would caution people from being too breathless about everything Taylor Swift and the huge the huge boost that it's giving everybody involved Oh, what the WNBA would not give to have Taylor Swift show up mm. at the finals, right? That's a, I think Good Travis transition. and Taylor Good transition. Yeah, I think I, I think Travis and Taylor need to show up at Barclays Center or in Vegas because the WNBA got the dream matchup. And we don't dream talk matchup. a lot of WNBA on the show, but they yep. yeah, they got the dream matchup. How about some give me some sir we're going surnames only. Yep. Ionescu, Stewart, Jones, Wilson, Parker. You've got big time stars, really good teams. Um let, let me see what, what, if anything, can the WNBA do to capitalize on this series at this time? Yeah. Yeah. This is, this is like the, the LeBron uh, heat against the, yeah. uh, against the Steph Curry Warriors. The right? This is the, 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 the two super teams, the biggest names in the sport, the one that everybody wanted to see match up in the finals. And, and, and sometimes you get that matchup and sometimes you don't. And uh, it, it's really great for the WNBA to have it. You and I were talking in the office earlier today about the about these two specific teams not only are they the super teams they are also two teams that maybe the two most in the WNBA that are pushing the envelope the of bad boys uh, Break of the what rules. teams are allowed to do to provide for their athletes and I don't think that that's a coincidence Scott but the the aces were under maybe still are under investigation for for salary cap circumvention earlier this year the the liberty had and, and we talked to Clara Wu Sai about this on this show about a year ago uh, a, a very public run-in with the uh, with the league in terms of charter flights and what they were and were not allowed to do for their athletes and I, and I don't see Joe and Clara allowing the players to hang out for an, a delayed Allegiant Air flight I'll, yeah. I'll tell you that no no offense to Allegiant it could, it could have been anything absolutely uh, and, and I, I don't see that they're, they're going to put them on a private plane and say let's get back because we want to win the championship so, so not only are these the two probably the two best WNBA teams the most stacked WNBA teams from a from a from a player perspective they're also the two ownership groups that are really pushing the envelope the most there and, and I think this is a broader thing we're seeing in in a lot of women's sports or, or smaller leagues right now which is that you have newer investors well capitalized 
billionaires like the size who are uh, able to and want to provide a lot of these benefits for their athletes. You have other teams in those same leagues that are owned by people that have far less money who bought into a league that was not at the valuations that we're seeing right now for women's sports leagues. Uh, And they are not willing or or able to provide some of those things. And there's a real push and pull. We're seeing it in the NWSL right now, right? Angel City has done, uh, in my opinion, a a great job, but there's some people... Connect the the dots, though. Connect the dots, though, when you're talking about things that they've done to circumvent and whatever. Remember when they told us that their their business plan has a light item for fines because they just know they're going to push the envelope and get fined and they don't care. They think it's the way it should be done. They're going to build it their way. And Angie Long, Casey, current owner in the NWSL, another former guest of the podcast, uh, they were recently fined as well by the yep. NWSL for charter flights. Um, th- there is in, in all of these women's sports leagues this, this big dichotomy between the, the richest owners who are really pushing the envelope and want to provide a lot for, for athletes and then the owners who bought into these leagues uh, way earlier when, when, when the business model was a little different and charter flights were not on the menu. Um, and, and I think that over the next few years, um, there, there's going to be a push by these bigger teams uh, to modernize some of the teams at the bottom end of their leagues to try to get everybody on the same page to the point that people of uh, women's sports teams are allowed to take charter flights and, 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 and women's super teams maybe are more of the, maybe more of the norm. So I'm watching this WNBA finals, Scott, not just because it's a dream matchup and it has all the stars, but also I think it is a good indication of, of changes that are underway and will continue to happen in professional women's sports. All right. I'd like you to use one particular video clip here for what I'm about to mention, because mostly <laughs> people are listening to the podcast, but you seem to be having a problem with the hair flipping down. Oh man. Uh, you're at the level yeah. now you're doing, you're doing, <laughs> the pullback flip quite a bit might yeah. i suggest one of the soccer player uh headband thingies you know what, what do you you should look like uh, luka modric doesn't he wear one yeah one of those thin i think you, I, oh, you put the hat on backwards i think you need on one on of the that, strands yeah. do you ever you ever you consider I, I, have, I have i have used the strands yeah okay. um the i got a haircut recently scott as you know and it's just not long enough it, to go yeah it's, the it's ears. at that point where it's <laughs> yeah. dropping down yeah, exactly. yeah I, I mean you are repeatedly exactly. pushing it back and i'm like this is problematic i mean i feel i'm starting to feel like <laughs> i need to do something to step i just need to cut it short again is the answer all right i got a great transition by the way because we were talking about the WNBA final, Las Vegas Aces, and uh, New York Liberty, I think it's going to be really hard to get Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey to get to come to one of the I do. I think it's going to yeah. be hard to get them there. But mm-hmm. because of where it's going to be played, what do you think about maybe inviting Bono in the edge? Mm-hmm. Huh? A little Bono edge? Half-time Transition show. to the Vegas Sphere? <laughs> the, the, the debut, the debut of the Vegas Sphere. I mean, all accounts, everybody was blown away i mean three plus billion dollars to build for jimmy dolan but good good start when everybody says wow just a uh you know i'll, I'll speak in like a variety ask blurb theatrical re- re- renaissance or something yeah you know, something like that I, I i caught a lot of the videos i friday night i believe you two opened the sphere which as you said is is the new three plus is the final number three plus billion yeah, three plus dollar billion, yeah. um arena venue in las vegas um spearheaded by jimmy dolan and, and, and madison square garden um the, the videos look cool scott without question um i think when you when you spend three plus billion dollars on a new entertainment venue um it better be pretty freaking cool um yeah. the big question obviously is is can you monetize this thing What's enough the ROI to, pay, on that three billion to, to pay for the three billion um but the we've seen a lot of videos of the outside got a lot of attention over the past few months uh as they were ready for the inside to be to be consumer facing um and at least from the first um 
from the first uh, from the first venue or the first couple concerts, um, it does seem it does seem like it is it has been a big success. Um, again, I, I feel like there's a theme here. Maybe I just woke up on the wrong side of the bed. Uh, I think the the kind of breathless coverage of how cool the 3D image is. I would have expected look it to at be the, really look cool. at the numbers. Yeah. Um, I, I think that is a, a little silly, um, but I think it's gonna take it's gonna take years, right? To to, to really know uh, the, the Tottenham football stadium is another good example right or or sofi in la right they, they look amazing they're really cool from an engineering standpoint they have all the trappings of the modern modern venue is it a success we're not going to know for a very long time right um so so staying ahead of the curve i imagine there's going to be more other competitors to the sphere once they see if this thing is working trying to build these really interesting tech infused venues um that, that are mixing not just the the sound but also the visual and, and the smell and all that you know um, What's, oh, you're going! Wow, you're going olfactory. You're going all senses. Well, I, yeah. So yeah, it's funny because this is another example, right? That so many people are like, oh, they can pump in smells, so they can make the thing smell. The, the local mall that you go to also pumps yeah. in smells, right? Like yes. the the idea of bringing in a, a olfactory sense to your to your experience is is, is nothing new. In fact, that's been a, a a retail staple for for decades at this point. Um, but yeah, I think that you know, it looked great. Would I love to see a concert there? Probably, but it, it's going to be a while before. Or we have any understanding of whether the sphere was a project that was a financial success or if it if it was a financial failure uh, what my brain just went to was imagine something as hot as hamilton at its height yep then all of a sudden you're like you know what this is the hottest thing on broadway this is the hottest theatrical this is the hottest concert whatever it is all right we're going to move it to the sphere yep. and we're going to create this experience that by the way, would be unique to the venue. I mean, I, I don't know what they would do with the, with the whole thing, but the thought of seeing Hamilton there really would excite me. Like, I agree. I'd like to see what they'd come up with. So I do see you – know, it, you can't go anywhere else. It's the only venue like it. Like if you're going to do something, that it has to be there. I would think there's pricing power in that. And there's 18,000 people. This may be the nerd in me. I believe the the – the origin for the idea came uh, around nature documentaries. Uh, I, I believe Jimmy I said know. that. Um, but I, I think the idea of some kind of big David Attenborough type thing, which I believe they're doing pretty early on in, in the Spheres run. The, the red also, woof, woof and poof. Yeah, exactly. you know, here, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I also think sound, sounds very cool. Um, yeah, this is, um, I think there's, there's going to be lessons here, and MSG obviously owns the, the, one of the most famous arenas in the world. Um, there's going to be lessons here for sports teams as well, right? The, the, sure. the, 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 the uber trappings of, of, of a tech-infused arena and what you're able to do in addition to the person performing on the stage or in a sports context, the, the, the team performing on the court. Um, yeah, I think that this is, I think we're getting a glimpse of, of what stadium or arena projects in the future uh, may be looking towards to try to maximize the, the entertainment value that goes beyond just the, 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 the contest that people pay to see. All right. We don't do a lot of media on media, but let's close it out with the Redbird IMI investment mm. yep. into uh, what we would say a competitor in the space, you know, yep. w- whatever, front office sports, FOS. Uh, I, and I'll say what I said on Twitter because I 100% believe in. Congratulations, Adam White, getting investment. You know, Jeff Zucker will be on the board now. Uh, I just think the attention, the more people pay attention to sports business and whether you present it in sort of from a fan perspective or from a sophisticated owner and, uh, ownership or banking perspective or sponsors perspective or, you know, or in, in, in the industry perspective, whatever it is, the more people paying attention, we all win. I love the fact that people yeah. are just more people than ever 
are paying attention to what we would classify, you know, as sports business. You know, I, I started this 30 years ago and we were fighting for attention, whether it be a stadium financing or, I mean, I guess player contracts were always into it and, and labor negotiations and things like that. But what is classified or falls under the wide umbrella of sports business now and the attention that is paid to it and the athletes that are involved, uh, I think it's great. And, and we all win just more for all of us to talk about, write about and, and do. And, and this is the, correct me if I'm wrong, this is the first investment by, by Redbird IMI, which is the- First a, investment, yeah, first deployment of capital out of, out of sort of the fund backed by Abu Dhabi, yeah. Yeah, which is a, which is a, a joint venture, Jeff Zucker, former CNN boss, uh, Redbird Capital, Jerry Cardinal, a group that we talk a lot about because of all the things they're doing in sports and media, uh, and, then, and then partners in, in, in the UAE as well. Uh, I, yeah, I'm fascinated that this was the first investment, right? The, the, it's a billion dollar fund, I think, right? And, and our understanding here is that this is a, 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 a low uh, two digit millions investment. So um, values, the, values the company at 40 mil, according to Bloomberg. It, Sure. So, forty million dollar valuation. You buy a chunk of it. Um, this is not a huge portion of the of the overall one billion dollars. It's interesting to me that this is the first uh, deal that gets done, and 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 very interested to see as part of Scott, you and I, and Sportico are part of a a bigger media company that has a lot of synergies across different forms of entertainment. Um, I wouldn't be shocked to to, to see Redbird and, and Jeff Zucker and 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 Redbird IMI going into some other kind of bigger platform that is trying to roll these things up. So, I think this. Strategy makes sense and, and really interested to see where that goes. I look forward to the 12 part series on Jerry's desire to build a new facility for AC Milan. That's what I look forward to. 12 part series on over building 12 a years. New, over, over 12 years on building a new facility for AC Milan. Close yeah. the show, my friend. We will be talking about that, I'm sure, for, for a long time. He is Scott Soshnik on Twitter at Soshnik. I am Eben Novi Williams on Twitter at Novi underscore Williams. The show is produced by Aaron Greenewald. Shout out to Aaron. Sportico's digital media editor, Cora Veltman, would like you to know that you can follow the show at Sportacast, which is the hub of the Sportico Media Network.